fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Joining us to talk about Russia, China, inflation, the Republicans, and what we need to do to remain a country that's based on the Constitution. Nikki Haley joins me in studio next. First, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. Uh, it is, it's almost impossible to get people to listen to Fed Talk. I mean, they just don't, they, they don't know what it is. They think it's part of the, uh, you know, the, the, the Washington apparatus, and it is. It's just not a federal government entity. Instead, it's an entity of the, the biggest banks in the country. They own the Fed. So, wait a minute, they're bailing themselves out in a way. That's weird, isn't it? Um, the Fed is the, is the biggest cause of inflation, that and government spending, but that's one in the same. They are the ones that have caused a lot of the problems that we are facing right now. And good news, they're going to be the ones that come up with all the solutions. And we're going to be told, no, they're the experts. No, they're not. No, they're not. You need to understand what the Fed is, and I've got an easy way for you to learn about it. It's the Tuttle Twins books. Now, these are made for your kids, but there is one uh, book from the Tuttle Twins that I think is really good. In fact, I think it's so crucial for families that I've asked the Tuttle Twins to make it for free. It is the Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. That's the Fed. How does inflation work? What causes it? What stops it? What's the Fed? How is it created? What's happening to our free market? All in the Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. It's free while supplies last. You just pay for shipping. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Welcome to the program, Nikki Haley. How are you? Thank you, my friend. It's great to be with you. Good to see you. Great to see you. Um, So I want to talk to you about a couple of things. I've got a lot to run through uh, with you. Um, But uh, let's start. Let's just start with the news around the world what the hell is happening with ukraine this does not feel right it doesn't feel good it shouldn't feel right and it shouldn't feel good um you know this is a bigger fight than just russia and ukraine this is a fight for freedom and how we handle this matters you know we saw how horrible we handled afghanistan we can't continue to have those blunders because when afghanistan fell it let Every um, corrupt dictator around the world say, this is a weak America. We better move now while we can. And that's what we're seeing happen. Okay, so do you think we should be fighting, actually in there fighting? Americans should not be in there fighting, no. And and Ukrainians haven't asked us to. But Mm. when you see a freedom-loving country trying to protect their own turf— We should give them every ounce of ammunition they need. We should be pulling in, and I'm glad to see NATO pulling in their weight because that was hugely important. They need to be giving everything, and we all need to go and support Zelensky to win this fight on freedom. And when he wins, no other dictator will try and do this again. Okay, so um, I agree that we should not go in. I'm a little concerned that Joe Biden was saying, hey, we can't let anybody take these old airplanes because that might rope us into it. And then we're now openly saying, oh, yeah, and we're just leaving them at the bus stop there in Ukraine. I mean, what are we 
What happened to where? It's, it's foolish. Biden's running scared. He's been running scared from the beginning. If he had done sanctions before Putin moved in, we wouldn't have seen this. President Trump had said that we would send them equipment and ammunition in March of last year yeah. when they had already started doing Biden stopped it. We were supposed to send another group in June of last year. Biden stopped it all because he thought it would cause Putin to react. Look at what happens when you don't stand strong. Yeah. If you stand strong before a Conflict, the conflict never happens. Why is Putin keep saying that we're on the edge of nuclear war? Because he has nothing left. I mean, look. Is that a, we, is that a, I mean, so does that make him more believable? He doesn't, that? he doesn't want to die. And he, listen, but at the same time, let's not ignore him. This is a real danger. This is something that's serious. It's why Ukraine needs to win and win strong. If Putin feels like there's a window, he's going to keep going. If we can stop him where he's at, then he'll start to retreat. The key to that is... One, making sure that Ukrainians aren't begging for help, that they get the help that they need, including the planes, including the anti-air defense systems that they're constantly begging for, but also making sure we hit Putin where it hurts. He can't continue a war if he's got the money to fuel it. And we have to sanction the energy companies and Biden still won't do it. Okay, so so there is there was talk last week that after the French election, that Europe was going to say no more oil from uh, from Russia. Do you believe that? Is that in the works? I think the U.S. needs to be pushing them that way. There is not an option for them to continue getting oil from Russia. It puts us all in danger for them to do that. Are they going to struggle? Yeah, a little bit. Can we double down and start, you know, exporting liquefied natural gas? Can we help them go and find other avenues to get it, just like Poland and Lithuania are getting it from Australia? Yes, we can. That's what has to happen. It's not. But they're not going to do that. This Biden administration will not release any kind of sanctions, if you will, on our own companies to go and get more liquefied natural gas, to, to go get anything, even for our for our own self, we're shipping our own strategic oil reserve to Europe. Because Biden's scared of the climate change people. Like, he's scared of the Green New Deal, pro, um, you know, people that fight for that. And we're seeing it. And it's making America weak. I mean, it's a serious issue what we've got right now. But we can right the ship. That's the biggest thing. I have faith we can right the ship. And that first starts by, do we win these elections in November? But more importantly... What do we do when we win? We have to prove we deserve to be there. So when Republicans take control of the House and Senate, which I am all over the country trying to help candidates, when they take it, what do they do? You don't just say no to Biden. Mm -hmm. What do you say yes to? Mm -hmm. You say yes to making sure that we're exporting more liquefied natural gas, that we're opening up our energy reserves. You say yes to we're going to stop all this wasteful spending. You say yes to the fact that we're going to be strong abroad by having a strong voice against terrorism and all dictators that try and threaten America or say death to America. We can start doing things. You say yes to, yes, we're going to take care of our children's education and we're not going to let all these teachers unions do it. We've got to start saying yes to a lot of things and not just say no to Biden. So how do we say yes to the end of inflation? How is this one going to be solved? Because it we're we're close to the death spiral here on inflation. I mean, Glenn, it's so bad that the average family is spending five to six thousand dollars more a year. 
Now, when Michael and I were raising our children, if you told us we had to spend five to six thousand more a year, do you know where we'd get it from? A credit card. Mm-hmm. And do you know what happens to families when that happens? Oh. That's the fear I have is what about these families who are just trying to make it through today? The way you do that is, first of all, yes, we open up our energy sector and we make sure something like that works. But you stop this wasteful spending. Do you know in the last spending package, Republicans and Democrats passed five thousand earmarks totaling ten billion dollars you want to hear what some of that was twelve million dollars for a baseball park in new york fifteen million dollars for new jersey to apply to get the world cup six and a half million for golf courses in colorado this is our republicans and democrats doing this glenn that is not okay you can't say and go on tv and scream that inflation is terrible and turn around and co-sponsor an earmark and open that back up where were our republicans in this why did they allow this to happen we had stopped earmarks well that's kind of where i am with the republican party in whole i don't see i see a few um that are standing up and are fighting the good fight. But then you see people like Mitch McConnell. I mean, uh, you know, you, you've you got to clean out these these federal agencies. Term just, limits, term limits, term you, limits. You have to just clean them out. Well, you're not going to be able to do that if you have a president without the Congress. Congress has to do it. And you could have, you know, control of the Congress with Republicans. But do they even get it? Do you know what else Congress can do? Put controls on our border. They can fix this border crisis. Where is Congress? That's what I'm going to keep saying is we need the fighters. We need those that understand that you have to make so much noise. The people will follow you if you do that. But you can't go on this runaway spending where our debt's more than our economy. Do you know we're having to borrow money to make our interest payments? Oh, yeah, I know. Our kids and grandkids will never forgive us for this. We have got to right the ship for the good of our country, for the good of the world, for the good of the next generation it's it's time for all this to stop so what are the things that you do um you're the founder of stand for america and you go out and you try to promote good policies and also the right candidates you just endorsed sarah palin why couple of reasons first of all when i was running for governor the first time Um, There were five candidates. I started as the fifth out of five, um, had the least amount of money, the least name ID. um, And I got up to the second position. Um, I was running against a lieutenant governor, a congressman, an attorney general, a state senator. Got up to the second position. And Sarah Palin, without telling her staff, called me the day before and said, Todd called and said, we're coming to South Carolina. We're going to endorse Nikki. And she did an, a life pro-life speech in the morning. She did an NRA speech in the afternoon. And she came and endorsed me mm-hmm. in the evening and helped push me over the, the deep end. So first, I'll tell you, um, my loyalty to her will always be strong. But secondly, it's because I believe in her. She had a voice that matters. Glenn, she was canceled before we ever talked about cancel culture. She was vilified by the media before we ever had all this happen. And she was a great governor. She understood the value of a dollar. She understood what real families went through. And she and I, they called us the rock star sisterhood. We related on so many levels because the establishment denied me. And the resistance didn't think I was cool enough or fit the mold for them. Mm. And Sarah went through the same thing. And, you know, 
We need her voice in Congress. I would love to see her walk in the halls of Congress and reminding them of what the Tea Party was all about and how taxed enough already is happening again. I would love for her to talk about what energy, opening up our energy policies yeah. and really doing that. She's the right person. I'd love Where to have she her now? back. she in Arizona? Where is she? Sarah? Yeah. She's in Alaska. She's back in Alaska? She's in Alaska. Okay. Um, all right. So who is the, who's the candidate that you have seen that went, that you've said, oh my gosh, this is a new breed. You know, I think there's been a few. In the last cycle, it was the Victoria Sparks. It was the um, it was the Nicole Maliotakis. It was the Nancy Mace. There were a lot of just fighters, just mm-hmm. had good fighters about them. Now we're seeing different ones in terms of like Morgan Luttrell in Texas, Wesley yeah, Hunt in Texas. Like those were fantastic. Tony Gonzalez in Texas. We just um, did him as well. Monica De La Cruz, we're looking at her hard. You know, there's some really good ones here in Texas, but around the country, we're mm-hmm. seeing some really great ones. Good. And so I just um, endorsed or... Tiffany Smiley in Washington State. You know, a lot of people are throwing Washington State away. If anybody can win in Washington State, it's Tiffany Smiley. And so we're we're not just going after the easy races. We're going after the ones that could really be difficult. It's why we endorsed Jack Cedarelli in New Jersey for governor. He lost by one percentage point. We almost had it. It's why we endorsed Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. It's because we know when we get in there, you got to push these people over the finish line like Sarah Palin pushed me. Because when you see those fighters, when you see those people that can really move the ball, mm-hmm. that you know they're not just going to bring good policy, but they're going to bring good fight, and they're not going to be afraid to stand up to the establishment, those are the people we want. One last thing. Elon Musk. Yes. When we come back. Give me one minute. Uh, as inflation soars to record highs, every item is costing you more. Um, Nikki was just talking about uh, credit cards. This is what people do when they get behind the eight ball to put money on credit cards. And reason why this is so bad is because inflation is going up and interest rates are going to go up. Even if the Fed doesn't um, raise them, the banks will because it will become more and more risky because everybody is maxed out on their credit cards. You're paying the average now is about 19 percent, 19 percent. Can you imagine that goes up to 25%, 28%, and it will happen. Please call American Financing right now. See if you can get in and lock in a lower interest rate and do a consolidation loan to get those credit cards off of your back. Do it now. American Financing. The number is 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing. NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10 seconds. Station ID. So... I, I, I'm sure I disagree with Elon Musk on a lot of stuff. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat. And because he, A, he's Tony Stark. I mean, he's just, he doesn't care. Um, but the, the other thing is, is he has a vision of where things are going. You listen to him and then you listen to anybody on television, anybody in Congress or in the White House, and there's no vision there. 
What do you think about him taking over Twitter? I love it. It's a win for freedom. It's an absolute win for freedom of speech. But what I love is... Elon Musk is not afraid to rattle the cage. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe when you have that much money, you can rattle all the cages you want. I'm grateful for him. And now my question is, who's next? Let's keep going. He kind of said that yesterday, didn't he, Let's not stop with with him. And you know what? There's there's Facebook. There's Instagram. There's the big media, you know, that we need to go and rattle those cages. Let's do it. And Elon Musk has been the start. Let's not let that be the end. Yeah, I don't think it will be. You know, I was thinking about this morning. We're at the end of that uh, of that cycle, that pendulum cycle. And I think 2024, the pendulum starts to swing back to individual liberty. So we're almost there. Oh, we just have to make it. Yes. To like 2030, we just have to make it and things will swing back and be good. Let me ask you a question about education, because mm-hmm. we've seen over the past couple of years, COVID, I think, presented with all of its horrible negatives, a unique opportunity for conservatives to communicate what they believe is right when it comes to education in a proactive sense right people saw what was going on they had to they were forced to watch the zoom classes and saw the crazy stuff that was being taught and also that the schools wouldn't open up a lot of conservatives responded to that by saying we got to open these schools up and of course that was the right argument but isn't there more that we can do here isn't this a unique opportunity to talk about school choice and abolish freedom for, for, Abol- for kids? abolish the sec uh, the uh, department of ed <laughs> there you abolish go. the department of ed you know but it goes before that right mm. so look at pre-covid pre-covid 65 percent of fourth graders were not proficient in reading mm-hmm. pre-covid 66 percent of eighth graders were not proficient in reading or math Think about that. Incredible. We had a problem before COVID. So don't let them say that COVID brought this on. No, no. We already had a problem with the establishment in education before. So now you go and you look at the fact that in rural South Carolina, where I was born and raised, COVID hits. Think of a child where both parents had to work. Here is this kid using a screen he's never used before. Use it by way of a hotspot on a school bus down the street. Now think he's in third grade. What's he learning? Reading, fractions, science. Do you think the teachers unions are going to tell his parents to hold him back? They're not. So what happened after two years of lost education when we were already behind in math and reading? Who is going to stand up for these kids? And then you take it a step further that those kids in rural South Carolina when all the wealthy families got to put their kids in private schools, where did the rest of the kids go? That's my issue is, one, let's go back and fix what was already broken. You've got some kids. Don't push them through to the next grade. Don't push them through later. If a child can't read by third grade, they're four times less likely to graduate high school. Then we need to open up school choice. We need to open up charter schools. And we need to go put the blame where it belongs, which is on the teachers' unions and the Democrats that wanted COVID money more than they wanted to teach our kids. And we have to hold them accountable So for I've been saying lately, if you're a teacher, you can be a great teacher. But if you're a member of the teachers union, I'm sorry, you're part of the problem. You don't have to be a member of that union. Stop. It's exactly right. Your voice will be loud enough without the union. The union is just making money off of you. Yes. The union in California basically made sure that they open schools for one day just to get the COVID money. One day. What did that do for a child? Nothing, but it got them the money they wanted. 
We've got to start telling teachers, we want to empower you, but the unions aren't going to be the way to do that. The people are going to be the way to do that. Would you be for abolishing the Department of Education? I think it's completely messed up. We need to bring it down and start it back over. And the way we start it back over is give the states control. Give the states control over. Because Because they already have that. You don't need them to. I don't need an office in Washington, D.C. No, let me tell you, as governor, we did education reform. Every governor in the country could make an impact because what the Department of Education does is says, if you take this money, if you teach this class, we'll give you this much money. If you teach critical race theory, we'll give you this much money. If you teach this, we'll give you this much money. States right now are teaching to the money. They're not teaching to the children. States need to control education. We don't need it controlled from D.C. because one size does not fit all. Right. And the way to do that is to abolish the Department of Ed. No strings. Nobody's answering the phone in Washington, D.C. It's bloated, it's bureaucratic, and it's lost sight of children. Always good to see you. Nikki uh, Nikki Haley, former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, uh, former South Carolina governor, and founder of Stand for America, which you can find at StandForAmerica.com. The Glenn Beck Program. So in almost all cases, the secret to success in buying or selling a home is having the right real estate agent. It's not just somebody who like, hey, do you have a cousin or anything? Sell my house. And then they come over and they're like, we're going to blow up some balloons. We're going to put a sign out. It's this open house Saturday. It's going to be crazy. You're going to sell. That's not how to sell a house. Okay. There's, this is a real business. It's not a circus. It's a real business. You need the ones who have who have engaged in the best practices, have the websites that are generating all these views. So when you put yours online, your house is going to be seen by the most amount of people that are looking for a house like yours. We work with agents that take their jobs seriously. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. This is a free service to you. This is just a way to for us to recommend who we think are the best real estate agents in your area realestateagentsitrust.com realestateagentsitrust.com head over to blazetv.com slash glenn the promo code is glenn you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad that you're here. Uh, you know, yesterday, I, I was at home. I listened to the Supreme Court, uh, the case for uh, Coach Joe Kennedy. Go back and listen to that. I think you can find it. It might still be there at uh, at firstliberty.org uh, or YouTube. I'm not sure. But it, it was fascinating to hear this case. And the guy who is arguing for the, uh, you know, for the school district, just sounds like a weasel just told i mean it I, I don't know what he looks like i'm not saying he is a weasel but if you were casting for a weasel in a radio play he'd be the guy you would cast it's <laughs> unbelievable anyway um so yesterday i had a lot of time on my hands of course and because <laughs> i was sick and i did something i haven't done probably in about mm, i don't know five years i went to the huffington post I don't know why, but I did. Now, I was I was doing show prep, and I was, you know, I, I try to read everything. <laughs> that doesn't include the Huffington Post. Um, but 
I try to read a little bit of everything. And I was reading about inflation. I was reading about the economy. I was reading about, have you seen the ship, uh, the shipyards in, in Shanghai? How much that is backed oh, up? Yeah, it's oh, incredible. My God. I mean, that is. It's jaw dropping to it, look at it. it you, is. you see the graphics of the ships. It's. You know, jaw dropping. Thousands of ships thousands. are just st- sitting out there waiting to get in, and yeah. you know this is only going to affect the entire everything. world. Yeah, everything. Um, we, people just don't have any idea. Then you know, started looking at food and food prices and the shortages overseas. You know, uh, nuclear war. Yesterday, the foreign minister of Russia said, hey, "Don't take a nuclear war off the table. It's always on the table. It could happen." You're like, "Whoa!" So I go over to the Huffington Post. I'm not kidding you. I would say 90% of what was on their front page was about January 6th and Donald Trump. And it's like 90. Wow. Oh, it was story after story after story after story. And I'm like, what world are you guys living in? So 90% you're commenting that you can't believe how low that was. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, that's incredible. It's insanity. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how this has developed too. And that, a lot of this is fueled by the text messages sent to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff of the president, on and around January sixth. What did he say that they had a problem with? Yeah, I mean, all the texts seem to be people uh, saying that this, this is a problem. This is a problem. Like it was really bad, and like I can't believe this is happening. And may, I, we should. We, the president needs to, to record speak. a message and yeah. speak and stop it immediately. And and it's all the things that you would think the left would want republicans to be saying behind the scenes and but now somehow or another it's bad yeah and i guess and, and like i like they seem to be conflating it with this idea that okay we they they knew republicans knew this was really bad but now everybody it's not. hold on just a second everybody in america except for vlad the spy that's currently running, you know, our teachers unions from Russia. Everybody knew this was bad. Yeah. Uh, Everybody. It was bad. It was bad. Now, the, the idea is now they're trying to say, well, behind the scenes, they knew it was bad. But then in public, they've down, they quote unquote downplayed it. Really? And this is we didn't. Yeah. I, I don't I, know anybody. That did. I have not downplayed it at all. I, I, you know, I completely to this moment believe it was a really ugly moment Horrible. in American history and a really bad riot Horrible. and something we should all say was bad. Yep. That being said, what the pushback has been against January 6th has been, number one, the left has tried to include everyone who thinks taxes should be lower as part of it, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. If, if you think taxes should only be 35%, if, you basically arranged the riot. If you don't think that all white people should be yeah. burned at the stake... <laughs> You're a terrorist. Right. <laughs> so they've tried to lump everybody, in, including the Washington Post today, who went after you and tried to oh gosh, include right. you yeah. as one of the people basically organizing the January 6th riots. It was crazy. Which is insane. You were on the air on January 5th telling people not to go. <laughs> and they have you as a main contributor to right. the riots in the Washington yeah, Post. It was my rhetoric that yeah. caused things like that. I'm like... I was against you it. You literally I, told people I, not to go the day before oh the rally when it was just a rally. I completely right? forgot. And, and your concern was that it could spiral out of control. Yes. Uh, so it's it, completely ridiculous. So they've tried to lump everybody in. And then in addition to that, they've tried to turn January 6th into the worst thing that has ever occurred in the history of the world. It's as bad as the Civil War. It's as bad as slavery. It's as bad 
bad as the Holocaust. I don't oh, know what they're saying today. The only thing that it competes with is global warming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and even that apparently <laughs> yeah. uh, is 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 in doubt. And, you know, and it's funny because I, this is something that I thought was interesting from the beginning. At no point, and I thought it was really bad. I've said this on the air. I thought it was a national disgrace, and I do not hold back. From I that am going to go a step day. further. I think, and I said this at the time. I was really angry at the president. Mm-hmm. Where are you, man? Yeah. I, I was. I don't even know if we were together, but wherever I was, I was, I was screaming at the yeah. television. What are you doing? You get the, get the statements out there faster. Get out yeah. there. Like, Say this is stop. And then when he did, it was like, hey, you know, you're good people. No, stop. Get the hell out of that building. Right. Right. And, you know, look, there's there is plenty of room for criticism of a lot of people around yep. that date. Um, so uh, Nancy Pelosi being one of them. Plenty of people, yeah. um, I think. So you look at the, that whole situation and you say, all right, well, uh, it was a riot. It was really bad. I think it was a national disgrace. The word insurrection, though, has been, this was not a serious insurrection attempt. I don't think it's possible to look at it in, in those terms and say, OK, that rally, you could I think you can look at other things surrounding that and be really critical of them. But the riot itself was a bunch of people who were at a rally and did. And and there were some people there, I think that that thought of it that way but the vast majority of people uh did not think of it that way and there was never a chance that our government was overthrown that was no. never a possibility no. of this rot no. it was a bad event there was never a chance and i kept saying to myself they keep sticking to this word insurrection so closely you cannot move from it at all i would con- i would call it a riot you want to call it the QAnon riots go ahead but you're gonna call it an insurrection that just i don't think anyone can 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 uh can say that as a serious insurrection attempt. And I thought to myself, why? Why do they keep coming back to this word? Why don't they just say what it was? Why do they keep going down this road? And I think you're seeing the reality here as you look at what they're trying to do first as a test right now with Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If you are involved in any in way in insurrection. an insurrection attempt, yep. you cannot run for office. And guess what? The target long term is not Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene. The target very clearly is, is Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And if if somehow they pull this off with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I don't think they have any legal standing to, to get. I, I don't think it's even close to reality what they're trying to do and get her thrown off the, the ballot in Georgia. But if it works there, and honestly, even if it doesn't work there, they will use whatever information they can garner oh, yeah. uh, to utilize it in a case, because if Donald Trump announces he's going to run for president, they're going to try to get him constitutionally removed from the ballot. They are going to try to prevent him to running. As this is, I don't have any information on this, but that is hey, you know what? what I believe but they are going to try to do. this is how stupid they are. Okay, let's just say they accomplish that. I don't think there's a chance that that happens. No, I don't think okay. so either. They'll try it. I think they will try it. Right. Though. But let's just say that, you know, pigs can fly and men can have babies. And uh, all of a sudden, they pull that one Uh-oh. off. Okay. I have terrible news for you. We'll I... update you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say that happens. Yeah. Do you know what that would do to the oh to the base of Donald Trump? Because you'd have Ron DeSantis. And the people who support Trump would also support Ron DeSantis. And you don't think Ron DeSantis could ride that wave? Uh, Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're crazy. The election consequences are one thing. I can't even imagine what that would do to our institutions, to the foundations of this country. It would be an obvious attempt to destroy 
any faith people had in our system of government. Yeah. I mean, it's that is that dire. They will try. I it. think that's going to happen, though, this summer. I really do. I think I mm-hmm. think they're going to start taking on the Supreme Court this summer uh, because there's going to be a few decisions that are coming out that they are not going to like. And they are serious about packing the court. Okay. They really want it. Oh, they really want it. And that is the la- that's the last nail in the coffin. Once you lose the Supreme Court, and I mean through court packing, not because, you know, it's five to three one way or another, but because you've packed the court. Once you pack the court, you're done as a nation. That is the death knell of every nation that has ever done it. You're done. Okay. You don't go back from there. Um, So they're going to try to do that. And then let me tell you, Stu, I just can't see a way to where the the Republicans win the House and and maybe a seat in the Senate. And the left doesn't go crazy that the left doesn't say, you know, this was fraudulent. Everything that oh, they've they, said. They'll say the election is. I mean, they say it they every say, time anyway. There was just a poll out. Most Democrats believe that Hillary Clinton won in 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're saying that now, we don't believe it. They're still saying that about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and they're certainly still saying it about George W. Bush yes. in 2000. I mean, so they're, gonna, they're going to say it. Mm-hmm. But I think that they are so keyed up and with the. With the uh, stuff that's happening with the Supreme Court, they're just going to say it's over. These guys are crazy. They're coming for you. They're going to kill the women and children. Did you see what MSNBC said about the Twitter takeover? That our women and girls will no longer be safe. <laughs> I mean, you're putting too much of your life onto a social network if this is what you believe. And I don't know if they. This is what they say about everything. Everything. Every time there is Romney, any- who we don't like, right. Romney was was <laughs> yeah. some grave, you know, uh, uh, horrible conservative that was just going to out conservative all conservatives. Yeah, every president is worse than the last one when oh it comes to the gosh. Republicans. Every nominee is worse than the last one when it comes to Republicans. And can I tell you, um, many times that is true. Well, from my uh, point of in view, in a different way. <laughs> yes. But they're saying now already, Ron DeSantis is actually more dangerous than Donald Trump. They're already saying it. Yeah. He's not even, he hasn't even announced he's running yet. And they're yeah. already saying it. So this is going to happen. But let me give you this, this little uh, picture. Cause you, if they don't go crazy now, yeah. Let me give you a scenario of what happens for 2024. In 2022, there is. Wait, let me take a break. Cause I don't want to okay. cut you off. Take a quick break. All we'll right. come back. This is a really, I, I think this, you yeah. shared this earlier mm-hmm. with me. Uh, this is a really good theory. Back in just a second. Stand by. <laughs> Goldline is the premier precious metals provider in America. I have done business with them for over 20 years. In fact, I was doing business with them before they started to be a client of mine. I was a I was a client of theirs. I did my homework. Lots of clients who have are clients who have already purchased gold call back to add to their portfolios by getting some silver or some extra gold. I have done it myself. There is the new Ben Franklin silver rounds that I have designed. They sold out. There's a new supply now that has just been minted. If you don't have them, it is. They, they're really cool. Solid silver. It's an ounce of silver. Ben Franklin. It's a it's a, it's a round because legally I can't call it a coin, you know, but it's it's a full ounce of silver and it is made to look like if Ben Franklin would have been a president 
he wanted a seal that's very different. And his seal for the United States is on the back of this coin. A hint, it's Moses at the Red Sea with Pharaoh getting collapsed, uh, you know, having the water collapse on him. Uh, it's a great way to invest in silver, have silver. Um, you can call them and find out when those silver rounds for Ben Franklin are going to be back. They also have um, really great stuff um, in gold. They will have the Ben Franklin also in gold. Just check them out. Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. So let me walk you through this real quick. Uh, if you go into the 2022 Senate elections, uh, you have a situation where the momentum of the of the the climate of this election is pro Republican, correct? Right, where it's a it's a midterm election for a, a president that is in very poor standing right now. Uh, so the Republicans should do well. How, however, the structure of the Senate election is actually tilted toward Democrats, which means the strong Democratic areas mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh the states that are yeah. producing those strong democrat senators yeah those are the ones that are up for grabs yeah in in large part yeah so if you go into this right now the way we've looked at it these are a lot of generalities a lot of things have not played out yet but we have it at 49 46 for republicans with five toss-ups mm-hmm. just a generality now republicans would have to win two of those five to control the senate however very possible that they sweep those five. It's not impossible at all that they would get to maybe 54 or maybe even 55, somewhere in that general vicinity. That drive what, them nuts. That's going to drive them nuts. But let me drive them even more nuts. 2024 comes up. Republicans, if they are doing well and don't blow it in those two years, will have a house that they probably already control. If this goes well in the Senate this election, they would be at, say, 54, 55 seats. The next election has a situation where the map tilts back to Republicans. So Republicans are going to have a lot of gain opportunities here to increase. You could very easily see a situation in which whatever, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or whoever it is, comes in to the presidency in 2024, beating up on someone like Joe Biden, getting into the presidency with a filibuster-proof majority. 60. 60. It's not impossible. It would have Things would have to go right, but we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime, really. No, it's FDR was the last time I think they had a filibuster-proof. I mean, the Democrats had it with Obama in 2009 with, oh, okay, with 60 yeah. seats when they tried to That's pass right. Obamacare right. and then lost it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when Scott Brown wound up winning that election in, mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. But the Republicans never sniff this stuff. And if it goes well, if you get the right candidates in the right states and selecting in these primaries is going to be really important. Candidates in purple states that are acceptable to purple state audiences in 2022 are going to be important. But if you can win those races and keep good Republicans, people like Mike Lee in as well, you could see something like a filibuster-proof majority behind Ron DeSantis. You would also need to have the Republicans not screw it up. Not screw it up. And actually stand for something. Okay, with that said, 
We'll see you tomorrow, you sick, twisted freak. This is the Glenn Beck Program.